0: Okay, so it's our first wholeness session. How do you guys feel? (laughs) Jenny's like, "Mm." okay, good. So normally your wholeness sessions are going to be separated guy-girl, and we're going to chat about some really beautiful things. Um, But to get us ready for that separation, we're all going to um, have an amazing um, session about... Emotional boundaries. Everyone say, emotional boundaries. (laughs) Emotional boundaries. So, everyone's writing down emotional boundaries, which is really sweet. Um, But everyone look at me for a minute. Take a pause from your note-taking. So, first piece of information. You're going to get these slides. You're not going to be able to write down everything I'm going to say today. Okay? So, everyone look at me, please. Put your pens down. Okay. You're going to get these slides, so you're going to get everything I have to say today. Okay? Second, emotional boundaries is a very mysterious topic. Do you agree? Yes. When you hear me say it, do you think, what is she talking about? (laughs) Yeah? Okay, so uh, emotional boundaries are mysterious because emotions are invisible, right? So we see the effects of emotions. If I feel sad, you may see tears. If I feel happy, you will see me. Right. But joy itself, happiness itself, or sadness itself, it's not like something you can catch. It's invisible, right? Okay. So, in this talk, we're going to be having a very circular conversation. This topic is not linear. Because the invisible world isn't linear, right? It's very circular. It takes time. It takes years of learning and understanding and making mistakes and readjusting. That's what the emotional world's all about. You don't just get in this world as a baby and just know how to take care of your emotional world. Is that correct? Right. It's something you learn. The way that you cared for yourself in the invisible world when you're 16 is different than it is now, right? Or hopefully, or we're getting there, yeah? The way that you were aware of your emotions at 10, is it different than it is now? Yeah. How'd you get there? Practice, growing up, life experience, arguments, getting to know your parents, getting to know your friends, Learning that it's, it's not going to work to, like, slap your friend, right? <laughs> Jed and Henry, my son Jed, Chris and Jesse's son Henry, they, they're like best friends in the whole world. When they get upset, they'll just hit each other, right? But when we get upset, we don't hit each other, right? What do we do when we get upset? You do not communicate. <laughs> What do you do when you're mad at somebody? Yell? Yell? Withdraw? What do you do? Stonewall, right? (laughs) I will put up an invisible wall between you and I, but you won't see it, but you're going to feel it. 100%. Yeah? (laughs) This is the invisible world I'm talking about, y'all. You can't see it, but you can daggum feel it. Yeah? When someone's mad at you, it's like you can feel it, and you're like, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. fine." No it's fine, no big deal. Let's just get over it, let's move on, it's fine. Or it's just like, you have serious issues that you need to fix, and until you do that, I'm out. Peace, bye. (laughs) Right? Either way, it's just like, in the face, Right? So, like, now that we're adults, we're not going to punch each other in the face, but my actions punch you in the face. Yeah? Yeah? We punch each other in the face every day. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Yeah? You guys tracking with me? This is the invisible world I'm talking about of emotional boundaries. Of how do I meet my needs? How do I honor myself, and how do I honor you so I don't need to punch you in the face emotionally to get my point across? Yes? Everyone tracking with me? Everyone intrigued? No one's intrigued. Everyone's intrigued. Okay, I have to use this clicker. Emotional boundaries. Okay, so let's think about all the invisible things around us Just practically. Nothing deep, just think logically. What are some invisible things around us?
1: Wind. Wind. Air,
0: wind, what else? Pardon? Gravity. Gravity, totes, what else? Smell, Smell? I like it, yeah, that was very nice. I like what you think, Grant. All right, what else? Sound. Sound, what else? (laughs) Temperature. Oxygen! Yeah? What else? Germs. Germs! Yeah? Cool. <laughs> I like that too. Very good. Okay? What else? The Holy Spirit. Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah? What else? What else? Radio waves. Radio waves. Yeah. <laughs> What else? Wi Fi. I, <laughs> I like it. Okay, so to sustain, oops, that's not right, like this. Okay, so to sustain life, we need oxygen. Trees move because of the wind. We are flesh and we are spirit. Can you see my spirit? But you can see the effects of my thriving spirit by the way I carry myself, by the way I communicate, yes? So there's this whole idea of, like, there are these invisible things that affect us every day. We serve a what God? He's invisible. Yeah? Everyone agree? Now, we might see, like, dreams and visions, and have cray-cray moments where like, maybe Jesus walks in the room and we see him and it's crazy, which is awesome. But for the most part, we're talking about serving an invisible God, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone in agreement there? Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk about this, this tension that we're in, this tension of things seen and things unseen, and how actually the Lord... And his kindness made us exist in in a visible and an invisible world. Hey. Yeah? Okay, so everyone got that? Hold it in your heart. So now what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of cyclical learning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hop into the physical world so you can relate it to something you see. And we're going to relate it to the invisible world which it isn't something you can see, and we have to hop back and forth so you can understand. Today, more than anything, I want you to understand and feel inspired. Yeah, everyone, say understand. Understand. And inspired. Inspired. So everyone, look at me in the eyes. So what we're not going to do today. We're not going to listen to what I'm saying and go into a shame storm. We're not going to listen to what I'm saying and start thinking, I should have known that. I'm a horrible person. I have horrible emotional boundaries. I flirt too much. I date too much. We're not going to do that. Everyone understand? What I want to charge you to do more than anything is actually let me come in and parent you. I want you to let me come in and help unpack things for you that you've never had the privilege of having unpacked. I desire to come in and help educate you and help you grow up so you can understand Stand and move forward. This morning is not about shame. Everyone say, This morning, this morning is, not about shame. is not about shame. Okay? You all came here for help. Yes. Yes? yes? This morning is about you being helped and inspired to move forward. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. This morning is not about shame. You are a powerful person that has a choice to stand up and say, I'm going to receive this invitation and I'm going to change my life. Or you can sit in your seat and do the least interesting thing, which would be enter into a shame storm. You could sit in your chair and be a victim, which isn't cool, but you could do it. Or you can just be like, the Lord is answering my desire to be taught. And I'm going to show up. That's your choice. Do you understand? That is your choice. It's not my fault. It's not the person next to you. This is when you get to be powerful. Do you hear me? We are going to talk about some in-depth things. And you can hear me and grow. Yes? Yes? Everyone understand. Say, "I I have a choice. This morning's not about shame. Great, we feel clear. Yes. And we we'll gonna take a deep breath and let it out. Get a little limber. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about discipline.
1: Discipline.
0: Okay, discipline means the process of training or practicing to obey a branch of knowledge. Discipline As Webster defines. Remember, you're going to get these slides. So if it helps you just to look at me, just do that. But if you need to take notes, that's great too. Okay? All right. The process of training or practicing to obey. Isn't that a nice definition? The process of training or practicing, the process of practicing to obey. Discipline doesn't mean ultimate obedience. Discipline is training or practicing to obey. Webster rocks, right? A branch of knowledge. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to give you a really practical, physical explanation of discipline. And then we're going to go into like a parable. And then we're going to go into the emotional world. You guys ready? We're going to this arc. Come with me on the journey. Okay. Oh, I keep doing that. Okay. So this is my sister. This is my sister, Alicia. So Alicia is too fit, to quit. <laughs> so my sister, Alicia, in high school, she, um, she started hitting some real walls in school. And they were walls that my parents couldn't help her with. And it was just tough. Class was tough for her. So she went and she just talked to some people that could help, some specialists. And they're like, you know, you should try all these things. She tried all the things. They didn't really work. They're like, you should try some medicine. She's like, I'm not going on medicine. And then one thing they mentioned, they're like, you should just maybe try exercising. And so Alicia's like, I will try that. And so Alicia's just started running. And I love talking to Alicia about her relationship with running. She, she loves competitive running. She just loves to run. She has three kids. She's like the woman who like birthed a baby and then ran three miles like that lady. Which, yeah, y- y'all don't even know that you have a kid. You can't do anything after having a kid. But she like had a kid and then like two weeks later is like, I just run three miles. <laughs> and um, I was like, cool. Um, but she... Uh, so she, when she first started in her running experience, it was very difficult for her. It took a lot out of her, um, and, but she just decided, I'm going to do this. And so when she, she did it, she started to get more interested and more woven into the world of running. And then she thought to herself, you know, a couple years into it, I'm going to run a marathon. And so then she decided, I'm going to train for this marathon. So then she went online to a very trusted running resource and found a schedule that was going to work for her for training. Because running a marathon is quite long, and you have to train for it for months in advance. So she started training for her first marathon, right? So that required her deciding, I'm going to discipline myself, And I'm going to submit to the boundaries of training for a marathon. Yes? So it was extremely hard for her. Her first She's she wasn't like a natural runner, right? She trained for it. She finished. It was really, really hard. But then it inspired her to continue going. She fell in love with running. She's been running now for like 15 years. And she just loves it. Now running isn't this like list of training. Running is something she does to connect with the Lord. Running is something she literally rolls out of bed and goes for a run. Running is life to her, whereas it wasn't life before. It was difficult. It required her submitting to a really rigid schedule. It was challenging. Her first marathon was not the best marathon she ever ran. Now, if she doesn't run, she's like, whoa, I need to go run. I want to go run. Yeah? At first, she's like, I, I'm going to do this because it's going to help me. Now she's like, I can't wait to go run. Do you see the difference? Yeah. So Alicia disciplined herself and gave into the boundaries of training. Yeah? Not to run the best marathon in the world, but because she wanted to. Very simple example of discipline. You tracking with me? Okay. Let's have an artsy example. All right. Y'all know what this is? What's this? A painting, guys. (laughs) What painting is it? Anybody know? Monet. Monet. Yes. Good. Anybody know what specific painting this is? It's a very special painting. It's okay. Well, Yumi knows, because Yumi went to art school. (laughs) Okay, so this is Monet's painting. It's called Sunrise. So this painting is a very special painting because it's noted in history as the first impressionistic painting. Do you guys know anything about impressionism? A little bit? What do you know?
2: Sure yeah, subject, yeah. More, impressions, yeah.
0: Like mm-hmm. more, of more of ideas, more of like reflections on what light does instead of the exact thing light does. What, what y'all need to know about Impressionism though, that is so amazing, is that Impressionism was started, it's a pretty big movement. All of y'all knew this was an Impressionist painting, right? Yeah. Who didn't know? Okay, well... Some of you. Okay, Impressionism is one of the most well known art forms. If you hear me say Impressionism, have you heard it before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Do y'all know what Tenebrism is? Yeah. Okay, pretty big movement in art. Uh, do y'all know what Dadaism is? Yeah. Okay, pretty big movement in art. But y'all all know what Impressionism is, right? Yeah. Okay, Impressionism was started by five people. That's it. It was started by these five people that decided, we just want to move art in a new direction. Their first exhibition, they were publicly ridiculed. And when I say ridiculed, I mean reamed out. Okay, They had um, all these people come to the show and publicly humiliate them in the newspaper, spit on their paintings in the gallery, Literally their name, Impressionism, came from one of the biggest art critics making a mockery out of them in the newspaper. He said, these paintings are rubbish. They're just impressions of real paintings. And you know what? They were like, cool, let's use that name. (laughs) Five people started one of the biggest movements that people that aren't even educated in art at all know about. Yeah. How did they get there? Five people decided, we want something different. So let's all agree to these new boundaries in art. We're going to make our own rules. But we're going to stay inside these rules. And we're going to explore the way light moves, the way light bounces off of objects. We're not going to use black in any of our paintings. We're, and they came up to, with all of these boundaries. And they submitted the boundaries, and they kept moving forward. And they changed art forever. Abstract Impressionism, because of these guys. All these cool movements because of these five people that just decided we're just going to try something new and we're going to band together and submit to a different kind of discipline. These are our boundaries and we're going to change the world. And they did. Five people. Pretty cool. There's like 6 billion people in the world. You guys tracking with me? Different idea of discipline, but it changed the world, right? You guys tracking? Okay, here's another practical explanation. (laughs) Oh no, gosh, I keep doing this. Okay, all right, so this is Jed. Everyone say, hey, Jed. Jed. My little baby. (laughs) All right, so this is when Jed was 5 months old. So cute. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm like, you know, kind of a cool person. <laughs> and um, that, that was a joke. I know that y'all think I'm cool, though. And that's nice. It's because I'm 31. It's just because I'm older. Okay. So this is Jed. And Jake and I really decided that we... I mean, we're like in this whole community, right? And wholeness and living a well rounded life is like what me and Jake in this community are burning for, obviously. Yeah. And so we're just like, Lord, we just want keys to just raise a powerful son. Like anything you can do, Lord, to help us, help him, <laughs> we're open. And so this amazing book, which I really love, um, really helped us with sleep training, Jed, which was awesome, which is getting a baby to sleep through the night, which in case you didn't know is really hard. Um, And then it talks about just like early childhood development, how, how to help your child and what happens in their brain and how to actually help like pastor their brain development. And one of, these, one of the amazing topics in this book, it talks from about four to six months, this amazing thing happens in a child's, baby's brain, where they actually start understanding boundaries at four to six months. They start actually mentally needing boundaries to actually help their brain develop. And if there isn't boundaries there, their development is much slower and it's actually more difficult for them to learn. And it had all this amazing research behind it. I'm like, this is cool. So something they really encourage you to do is put your kid in a playpen with one toy for 15 minutes a day and teach them to actually enjoy the boundary. Wow. And do it all through their, their baby years, so until they're about 18 months. And then they'll naturally just submit to a boundary without a playpen right? Which really does work. And I'll give you the book when you have kids in five years. But what's really cool is so here's Jed. Let's see. There's no sound, but just, oh, wait. Mm -mm, That's not right. I don't think I can actually do it on here. Oh, yeah. Okay. There he is. So cute. Just look at him moving. Now, look at his face. This is how people feel when I say emotional boundaries, (laughs) Right? And so this is this is Jeb. that's the first time I put him in the playpen, and it was literally he was like, "Why did you put me in here? What's happening?" And he wasn't really crying; he was just like, "What's going on?" <laughs> right? And I feel like so many times when we like have new boundaries in our seasons, that's us. We're like, "Why would you put me here? Why God? Why?" Right? <laughs> And we're just trying to figure out why, why God would be like, why don't you take a break from dating for three months? And you're like, why? Or like, you start dating and the Lord's like, hey, I really want you to pull back on physical affection and just press into friendship. And you're like,
1: but why?
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like this confusion. Like, why? Why would you ever ask me not to do what I want to do? <laughs> Everybody's getting convicted. Okay. So, it is. It's really, it's kind of um, disorienting. So Jed, I would say, was very disoriented. And we, I literally took this playpen pen everywhere. So I came into work, the playpen came with me. We went home, the playpen came with me. And Jed like actually really started to learn how to focus. So he got one toy and he started instead of getting really distracted and rolling on the floor and sticking his finger in an eye like a light socket and getting in the fridge and eating beads off the floor, he just sat in his playpen and learned focus. I'm gonna focus on one thing. I'm gonna enjoy one thing, right? And these boundaries—the the most fascinating thing happened. There's Hannah right there, and <clears throat> I swear to you, we would put this playpen, and it was like all of a sudden Jed became this magnet to people. Like Jed was in the playpen, and you just all the kids would just come and hang on the side and like peek in. Or like adults would, Hannah wasn't the only person. Like almost everyone on the staff climbed in this playpen. It was like a magnet. Everyone's like, I got to get in there. This this is cool. Jed's boundaries actually like attracted people. It was so fascinating. It was like people came and no one ever was like, we got to take this down. Everyone was like, oh, I, I like that. I want to experience those boundaries, too. That was like the overall. No one ever came and was like, why do you have them and boundaries? No one ever said that to me. Everyone was like, this is cool. What are you doing? And I got to explain to them, that's amazing. Can I get in there with them? Every time is what I said. Because there's something really attractive to humanity about boundaries. We like love them and hate them, right? Yeah? Okay, we're gonna keep going. Y'all y'all with me? You feeling inspired? Yeah? Just if there's parts of you that are like, I don't know what she's actually saying. That's fine. I want you to hold on to the inspiration. Yeah? Can we hold on to the inspiration? Yes? Okay. Good. So without discipline, the consistent practice of boundaries. No new mindset can be created, right? So my sister running, she had to consistently practice the boundaries of running. And then her new mindset was, I love running. I want to run, right? In Impressionism, they were like, we're going to submit to this brand new set of boundaries. And it's okay if we're ridiculed. We're going to press forward. And their new mindset was, this is worth it. We want to explore this. Yeah? And then for Jed, he practiced physical boundaries. And he want to know where he is now. Now I don't need a playpen. I set him up at a chair and he sits for hours and stares at his cars and plays with them. I'm not afraid of where, where Jed's going to go. Because he's just learned how to, when I tell him it's time to play, we're going to focus, he does it. Because he's been training to obey me his whole life. You understand? Yes. Okay. So without discipline, which is the consistent practice of boundaries, no new mindset can be created. So let's talk about mindsets, shall we? You guys know this scripture. Very cool scripture. Do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word renewing is a Greek word that means renovation. Wow. Do not conform to the pat- patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your mind is really what that scripture is saying. When you hear the word renovation, what do you think about? Yeah. Improvement. <laughs> Improvement. Do you guys think about Chip and Jojo games? Yeah. <laughs> Chip and JoJo. Okay, that's what I think about. They're, they've like literally um, resurrected this idea of renovation, at least in America. People, people all over the world, or at least America, let's just say that. People all over our country are like, I'm going to just buy a house and just flip it. Because Chip and JoJo do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> you guys tracking with me? Yeah. All right, so I want to talk about that. We're going to go into a parable now. You tracking with me? Everyone take a deep breath. Good. Okay. So I want to talk about me and Jake renovating our house. And this is going to be a parable for you for what it means to renovate your mind. Because you can't renovate without giving into some sort of boundary. Right? So I want to explain to you the process of what renovation actually means so you can understand how long it actually takes to renovate your mind and how it's supposed to. Everyone say, it's supposed to take time. It's supposed to take time. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so this is our gross house. (laughs) My small group knows our house doesn't look like this, right? No. No, grossos. So here's here's oops, okay, so here's the house. Look at that kitchen was very small. There was marbles glued on the wall. <laughs> I walked in and I just thought, who glues marbles on the wall? Like who does that? Do yeah, these are marbles. They painted a chalkboard wall and put marbles around it. <sighs> Alright, so here here's chaos. So our whole kitchen is gutted. And this is like, we're trying to lay floor. This was, this was fun. It was so chaotic. So we, we gutted our house. It was disgusting. Very disgusting. Um, I'm going to tell you about these peeps in a second. Okay, y'all can just watch so you guys can get some understanding of how gutted and destroyed our house was. Hold on, just wait. Just wait till you see the mint green
1: walls.
0: (laughs) I'm just talking. I've muted this because honestly, we were so tired. I wasn't even speaking in clear English. I was like, and this is where this will go. (laughs) Okay, so... So that's it. This is, our house is like an octagon, so it's hard to understand in camera. But this is like after everything's gutted, we had the whole community come in and paint. So you can see Mel and Lindsay and Sid and Martha, M, Molly. <clears throat> and then there's our kitchen. So let's just step back for a second. So that was our old kitchen, and I want to talk about what it took to get us there. You guys ready? So um, Jake and I saw this house, and our house, our house is, intra- it is an octagon, so it, it looks like a yurt. You're not really sure why it's in the neighborhood of like cookie-cutter houses, but it's there. It's just in the cul-de-sac. Because it's so unique that it was advertised as unique architecture. (laughs) I remember when we saw me and Melissa were actually driving. We saw the for sale sign and I was like, let's just go check it out. And I'm like, sure. We drive in the cul-de-sac and I literally go, Melissa, that's the ugliest house I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And Melissa goes, Justina, it's your first house. Open your mind. <laughs> and I said, okay. And at this time, Jake and I had probably looked at, I don't know, 15 houses. And I was raised, um, I was raised not in a wealthy home, but we were never in lack. And my dad worked really hard to provide for us. So anything I needed, I pretty much always had. And Jake didn't grow up like that. He didn't have a lot. Um, his dad passed away when he was young, so he was used to not having a lot. Um, and so you can imagine these two separate worlds coming into a marriage trying to find a home. What are expectations for a home? Well, I'll tell you, they were different. Jake's like, let's just do, anything's fine. And I'm like, it needs to be beautiful, right? And so then we get to this house. I make the appointment. We look at the outside of this house and Jake goes, babe, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and I had made peace with the Lord I was like I'm opening my heart to this dump I'm opening my heart and Jay's like what is wrong with you we're like walking outside the realtor's not there yet so we're like walking around the house and Jay's like this is not good this is not good this is not good I'm like babe open your mind this is what our leader said you know (laughs) And the realtor gets there and Jake's like fuming. He's like... And I'm like, don't freak out, you know. (laughs) And the realtor opens the door and I kid you not, we walk in. It's obviously not pretty, clearly. And we both just have this overwhelming peace simultaneously hit us. And I immediately see... This, like, I'm a very visual person, so the Lord speaks to me really clearly in pictures, and I immediately see us there with our newborn. I'm sitting on the couch, the house is renovated, and I know it's ours. So I immediately feel the vision. I see the vision, right? But we are dealing with marbles on the wall. (laughs) Like, popcorn ceilings, no light fixtures at all. Like, gross paintings. There were, like, parts of the wall where obviously some child was in timeout and had, like, pressed a thumbtack into the wall, like, 250,000 times. Like, just weird stuff. You're like, what happened in this house, you know? <clears throat> and so, Jake and I are, like, the, the price of the house works. We're in full-time ministry. We don't have a lot of money. Um, but the Lord... And his kindness saw fit that this house was unique architecture. So it was 30 grand less than all the houses in the neighborhood, and we could, we could afford it. It was obviously very ugly inside. Um, and so Jake and I are like, we can do this. Jake's handy. I'm creative. We're going to do this. What we didn't realize was it was going to be um, about four months of us committing to working 8.30 to 5, and then going to the house working 5 to sometimes 2 in the morning to renovate this home. Um, <clears throat> there were all these moments in the house that it was super easy. Jake's like, I've been doing this. I can do this with my eyes closed because I've been doing this at the farm for a decade, right? So he's like, I can tear down that wall, no problem. I can frame out this thing, no problem. I can do it, you know? And there was this moment, this is my brother-in-law Micah, my brother-in-law Jacob, Micah's dad Clint up there, over there building us the cabinet. And we're we like halfway through and so tired, our eyes were like falling out of our face. You know that, tired? <laughs> <clears throat> and we're le- legitimately like, this house is never going to get done, ever. And we are going to have to bring our child into a toxic, ugly house. Because I was super pregnant. And there was this moment where we are like, Lord, we just need help. And um, our our brothers-in-law, my dad and Micah's dad came. And they just were like, we're going to help you do a weekend push. We're going to help you tear down this wall, put up a beam. And while Clint was there, who's like a master of anything hands-on, He's like, something is wrong with your wiring. And and Jake was like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, no, you need to rewire all this. And Jake's like, I'm not qualified to rewire this. And Clint's like, well, I am. I'll help you. And so for a whole day, they took out all this wiring and rewired it under the house to keep us safe, something Jake could have never done on his own. He needed the help of a professional, right? And there are all these moments in our walk with renovating our house where it was like, we can totally do this, and then we'd hit a wall where like there is no way in the world we can do this, and then a professional would just show up, and help. And then near the end of our renovation, right, we're just tired. Here they are. This is sweet. There's my dad. Look at him. Oh. God, the sweetest man in the world. I adore him. So here's like the team that helped us push through the death wall. And then we're like here. And really what we just needed in this moment, because like all the electricity was on, it's finally time to paint. And we were just so flipping tired. And we just needed the hands of community to come in and just help us paint. Anybody could do it, but we needed people that were going to stick with us and just be there and help cover all of the walls and paint, help us finish. They, none of them were specialists. None of these guys are professional painters. They're just good friends. We needed specialists. We needed good friends. And we needed our own really hard work to renovate our home. Are you tracking with me? There it is. Such a pretty kitchen. So this renovation required, the first thing we had to do, we had to empty our house. So we had to just get rid of, oh, y'all, oh God, like this house was so gross. You opened up the oven and there was like a burnt cake of food like this tall in the oven. <laughs> Like, it was like that nasty. Y'all don't understand. Yeah, it was gross. And we just kept, there were so many moments in the renovation where we're like, we'll just keep the, the washer and the oven. It's fine. We'll just work, they'll, they'll do. We'll just keep them. We'll throw everything else, but we'll just keep these two things, because these two things are pretty expensive, and we'd rather just use that money on something else. But then the Lord, in His kindness kept setting up moments where like, the oven exploded and the washer just stopped working. And so we we're like, "You know what? We're just going to throw them out." And the Lord immediately gave us money to buy new appliances. Yeah So there was this process in the beginning where we just had to get the crap out. That's the first part of renovation. You're just like, this will do. But is it the best? No. So that's the first part of renovation. The second part was submitting to specialists. We had to have an electrician come in. We had to have someone that knew how to build cabinets come in, because we couldn't do that, right? Then we needed the helpful hands of friends. Again, not specialists, except they're just special because they're our friends. We needed currency, i.e., our savings account. Yeah. Time. We needed a lot of time. So when you think about renovating your mind, I want, you, I want us to read this list again. I want you to think about renovating your mind. Where are the places where you just have to get rid of throwing away the things that will do? Your scarcity? Your scarcity will do, but will it last? and serve you and your family to come? Your poverty of spirit? Your tendency to just rush, 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 rush and neglect who you are? That will do. But will it last? Submitting a specialist. All of you came here to submit to the ultimate specialist, which is Jesus. But you also came here to submit to us. Because there are places where we really can specialize in helping you renovate your mind. And there are hurdles you're going to hit where you can't get through on your own. And you're not supposed to. When Jake realized that the electric wiring was off, do you think he went into a shame storm because he wasn't trained as an electrician? No. He was like, This isn't my specialty. This isn't what I've invested my life in. I need someone that has. You tracking with me? So there are going to be places where you hit walls, and you're just going to be like, you know what? I need someone that just specializes in jumping over the hurdle of anxiety, because I don't know how to do it. Yeah? You need friends. Everyone say friends. You don't need your friends to be specialists in anything, but that they're there and that they're around you. Yeah? And then you need currency. What could your currency be in this season right here for the renovation of your mind? I am looking for a verbal response. What's your currency look like in this season? Energy, Energy. I like it. Mm-hmm. What else? Proper rest. Proper rest, sure. I'm thinking more about like, what do you need to give in order to get? Effort. Effort, time. Time's a huge currency. You guys got a lot of time. You're very wealthy in time right now. Do you realize that? Your currency is going to be time, effort, energy. To get something, it does require something. To receive the redemption of Jesus that will wash away all of our sin, it does require you to confess that Jesus is Lord, right? It does require something. The renovation of your mind requires your currency. You don't just say, Lord, you have my heart. I confess you're Jesus. And then all of a sudden, everything is peaches and roses. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's why you're here, right? Okay, hold on. Just got to catch up. All right. So clearly, the renovation, a complete change for the better, requires a lot. Yeah? Yeah? Does it require a lot? Yeah. So we're going to talk about just a little bit more, and then we're going to take a break. Everyone good? Let's take one more deep breath. Are you intrigued? Yes. Yes? Yes. Are you inspired? Yes. Are we unashamed? Yes. Yeah. Are we unashamed? Yes. Okay, we're going to go a little further. All right, so let's talk about two things that protect discipline. So we've got a limit. Who wants to read this out loud? Oh, Madison, thank you for volunteering. Now, what is a limit? <laughs> a limit, I'm glad
3: you asked. Is on one's physical or mental OK.
0: Does so everyone understand what a limit is? A limit is literally like, this is how far I can go, and I can't go any further, or I'll break. Right? Yeah? Okay, and then boundary. William, thank you for volunteering. What's a boundary? It's a line that marks the area. Yeah, okay, so a boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area, right? Everyone tracking with me? Yeah. So a limit is like, this is how far I can go, and a boundary marks like, this is how far you can go. Yeah? Everyone tracking? Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's just put this into super. Simple connection, right? So our limit, Jake is not an electrician. Our boundary, Jake hires a professional so he doesn't get hurt. Do you see that? So Jake's like, I don't know. And then a professional comes in and says, I do know. You shouldn't do this or you will get shocked, right? Okay. So to set a boundary, you actually have to know the limits of your season. So you can't set an emotional boundary or a physical boundary if you don't know this is the limit. If I pass it, I'll break. Right? So you can't set a physical boundary, an emotional boundary, unless you know the limits of your season. You tracking with me? Yes. OK, we're going to go a little bit further here. So let's just, I just want this to connect a little more for you, OK? So let's just put practical limits here. Practical limit. I need more than five hours of sleep to function. So that's my limit because I will break. Okay. so I go to bed at a decent hour. That's my boundary. Do you understand? The limit is if I don't sleep, I go crazy. So I go to sleep. Super simple. Everyone trying with me? All right. Let's do another one. Waking up, oops, nope, waking up to a messy house robs my peace in the morning. That is true. It really does. I, I promise you, if I walk into a messy house, something psychologically happens where I'm like, I'm in a rush now. Yeah? So, again, hear me out. This is not my law. I don't beat myself up if I don't have time to clean my house at night. But this is a boundary I've tried to set. Me and Jake have tried to set to actually protect my peace. You understand? I'm not like a freak that's like, if it's not done, I'm, you better clean it. Okay? This is just something that we, we're, we're doing, we're practicing. Okay? So, wake up to a messy house, it robs my peace. There's my limit. Okay? So, the boundary is I tidy up 15 minutes before I head to bed. It really helps. You guys tracking with me? Super practical. You understand? Practical limits, practical boundaries, yeah? yeah? Any questions about how these correlate? We're tracking, right? Okay. All right, so let's just go into the invisible world. You ready? Invisible world example. When my friends gossip around me, it bothers me and isn't what I want to do. So there's my limit. So the boundary is, I communicate how I feel in this situation. So in the situation, I don't let them just slander in front of me and then talk to them tomorrow. In this situation, I say, actually don't agree. I don't want to be a part of this. So I communicate how I feel in this situation. If I'm not hurt, I'll, I'll peace out. So this is just a, I don't have friends that gossip. This is an example, right? So that's an emotional world boundary. Are you tracking with me? If my friends gossip around me, I don't want to be a part of it. Because I'm actually really cultivating not doing that. That's my limit. I'm not sinning. So the boundary is, is that I'm just going to be like, I don't agree. I don't want to be a part of this conversation. Could we change the subject? Okay, if you want to keep talking, I'm going to just peace out. Yeah? Okay, again. You tracking with me? All right, so another emotional limit and boundary. I need to feel seen and heard in this season because of X, Y, Z. Okay, that's, that's the limit. Like, if I'm not heard or seen, I, I'll probably snap. Yeah? So the boundary is I'm going to initiate a close friend once a week to connect and share my heart. Super simple. You guys tracking with me? Any questions about how invisible boundaries correlate with some invisible needs or feelings? You guys are tracking, right? It's digesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to open up this scripture really quick. This is pretty cool. All right, so, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So this, for everything you do, flows from it. It comes from this Hebrew word, which means boundary, borders, keep you from danger. That's its like, direct translation. So in this moment where they're saying, above all else, guard your heart. With boundaries, borders, they'll keep you from danger. Right? So there's this moment in Proverbs where David's looking at his son, and he's like, kid you need some boundaries because the thing that matters most is your heart. The only way you're going to protect it is with boundaries because that keeps you from danger. Yeah? Oops. Okay, good. Let's take one more deep breath. Amazing everyone look at me are you curious yeah. are you inspired yeah. yes. are you unashamed yes. good so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a coffee potty and snack break we're gonna take it for look at me we're gonna take it for 15 minutes so at 11 15 what I need is for you to be back in your seats I'm going to ring the bell at 11.13 to help you remember that in two minutes you need to be in your seats. Yeah? Okay, everyone. But before we do that, we're going to take a deep breath. And I'm just going to pray. We're going to snack and then we're going to come back. Yeah? Holy Spirit, we're open. We're curious. And we're unashamed. We are excited about the way you want to parent us. And we ask that you would protect this excitement as we take a break. And we, as your sons and daughters, choose to protect this joy and this inspiration while we break. We agree right now, Holy Spirit, that we will not be ashamed. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we are, one more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Here we go now. NSYNC says, here we go. It's time to rock the show. All right, come sit down, Lily. Great to see you again. OK. So let's just do a little review. okay? So you've been, you've been listening to me talk for an hour. So I just want to ask you questions. And I, my desire is to, to hear you tell me what you're hearing. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what are you hearing me say? So I'm going ask you some questions, and I just want to hear your res- response, yeah? So we're just cyclical learning. So we're going back, and we're digesting, and we're talking, yeah? So what, what's an emotional boundary? Think about it. Tell me what you're hearing me say. Yeah, a boundary respects your limits. It marks and protects your limits. Good. What else are you hearing me say? What are you hearing me say? (laughs) Yeah, in my class, if you do stuff like that, it's like raising your hand. Um, What else am I hearing you say?
4: It's something that I have to put in place. Yeah. Yes,
0: good, that's good. What else are you guys hearing me say? Yes, William? Pardon? Discipline, Discipline. yes. So an emotional boundary requires discipline? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. Yes, Danny.
4: Boundaries, or the mental picture I get, is like a fence. Yeah. With the Jed metaphor. Yeah. It's actually good, it creates, Yes. No,
1: like, you need
4: to yes.
0: So emotional boundaries actually protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are you hearing me say?
3: There's an invisible reality, but a very visible action.
0: Yes. Yes. hmm Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else are you hearing me say? It's, a, it's okay if some of what you're hearing overlaps with some things that someone else has said. This is for us to have a conversation. It's important for y'all to say some things out loud. Even if you're like, I think it's this. Yeah? What are you going to say, Justin?
4: Oh, ba- uh, boundaries are needed for growth.
0: Boundaries are needed for growth. Yes. Oh. What are you hearing me say, Hunter?
4: It's going to take time and effort and work. Yeah.
0: What else does it require? What else does it take? Mm
2: -hmm. Finding a threshold. Mm
0: -hmm. Does it take people? Other people? Mm -hmm. Does it take specialists and friends? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else are you guys hearing me say? Yes, Olivia.
4: There's no shame in needing help.
0: There's no shame in needing help. Good. What else are you hearing me say?
2: With the picture of Jed and the boundaries, yeah, the, the boundaries actually help you focus and create value on what's in front of yes. you. Yes, so good.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Very good. Whoa, a splinter. Okay. Is Jake in here? That was dangerous. Okay. What are you hearing me say, Anique? Um, I like what I
4: heard you say, is to throw out the will-do's. Yes. To make space for
0: things that will definitely do. Yes, good. Um, because that protects you and also helps your growth. Yes, good. Yeah, what are you hearing me say? Uh, that
2: just like Jed, it's okay to freak out a little and yeah. to be uncomfortable. Yes, and
0: that's more mm-hmm, yeah. Do you guys think, I know that you couldn't hear the audio, but when Jed was like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I was doing? I was laughing. I was totally laughing. Yeah? What else do you think I was doing? I was encouraging him. I comforted him. I explained to him why he was in there. Sure, he was five months. And sure, he couldn't understand the English language quite yet. But what could he understand? My tone. What else could he understand? Eye contact my closeness, my response. Yeah? Can he understand English now?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. So there's a, another level of comfort and understanding. Even him as a two-year-old is walking in. Right? So like when he was five, six months, there was a level of his understanding me that he was walking out. Now at two... He understands me in a whole new level. He's walking out. And he's going to continue to walk that out until he's an adult. And we're speaking like friends. Right? And there's a comfort and a kindness he's going to experience from me and from his father. That's going to be different in every season. But he has to start somewhere, right? Do you have to start somewhere? Yeah, you have to start somewhere. Okay. Okay. I'm asking you another question, and I want you to tell me what you're hearing me say. Okay? Why do you need emotional boundaries? Yes? To
4: protect
0: you. Yeah, to protect you. Mm-hmm. To protect others. To protect others. Sure. Um, hey, Shannon, why do you need an emotional boundary? Yeah, think about it.
3: I think
1: to remind myself of like, where I want to go.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah. that I have, or my yeah. value. Mm-hmm. So to protect your vision, yeah? What do you think, Jordana?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. To stay safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Why do you need emotional boundaries, guys? I want to hear from someone I haven't heard speak, like Blake. Talk to me.
1: To teach me
4: how to value mm-hmm. myself. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Boundaries help you understand your value. Yeah. Yes, Isabel. The that our hearts are the most valuable thing Yeah. So to protect your heart and protect other people's hearts. Yeah. That's like why we have emotional boundaries. To protect the greatest gift you've ever been given. Mm-hmm. To Neil. Um,
3: I think I sorry, I have to seize my voice. I think it'll It communicates to people what's okay and what isn't okay, Mm -hmm. which then actually facilitates connection and safety more than if you didn't actually
0: communicate. Yeah, yeah. Tell me this. So, Jake and I are married. Do you think that Jake and I choosing that our relationship is the most important relationship in the world and not to go and reach out to other people that are our peers of the opposite sex to help us resolve deep matters of our hearts protects our relationship? Yeah. Yes. Do you think that it helps us stay married? Yes. Yes. Okay, do you think that my friends feel offended when Jake takes care of me? Do you think that my friends think I'm so happy that their marriage is thriving? Do you think that covenant and all of the beautiful boundaries that comes with covenant protects marriage? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So like, not sleeping with other people protects our marriage, right? Yes. Not flirting with other people protects our marriage, right? Yes. Yeah? No one is offended by that. People celebrate that. Yes? When you guys see the beautiful marriages on this land, what do you think? Say it louder. I want to be like that. Do you see that we're not perfect marriages? Our marriages all hit walls all the time. We're working it out. We're falling more in love with our spouses. But isn't it beautiful that our health actually attracts you? You want to ask us, how'd you fall in love? How'd you make this work? How'd you get there? So many of you girls have already asked me that. How do you do it? Yeah? Do you know that after you're married, you still have to talk to the Lord about your sexuality? Do you know? That once you're married, you still have to protect and talk to the Lord and your spouse about your sexuality. Do you know that marriage is not an arrival point? It's a starting line. I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) Who wants to get married in here? You don't have to say yes. Okay, so a majority of you do. Do you think that the emotional boundaries and the physical boundaries you honor now will serve you then? Do you? Do you really? 100%. (laughs) I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Jake and I, um, we met on this land, and we dated for like two, two years in community, which is unique. I'll tell you that much. It's very unique living <laughs> um, in the farmhouse, and Jake was living in the barn, seeing each other every day. There, was, there wasn't a ton of magic because you saw each other 24-7, So like, whereas like maybe some other dating couples like they get, you get that joy of like, tonight at 7pm I get to go on a date, you know, and Jake and I are like super thinking tonight after work I finally get some space from you, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because your stinky attitude is pressing me, yeah? We did it for two years. So those kind of boundaries looked really different than maybe our friends, Chris and Jesse, who weren't living in community. So the boundaries that the Lord gave Jake and I were not the same as the boundaries that the Lord gave to Chris and Jesse. Because it was such different scenarios. I couldn't go to Jesse and say, or to Melissa and say, tell me what I should do. What are my boundaries so I can just do it right, so I can earn the reward of getting married? I couldn't do that. That doesn't work. What worked was me and Jake getting on our face before the Lord and asking, what are our boundaries? What's going to keep this relationship safe? We asked the Lord so many times, and we made so many mistakes, and it wasn't even about doing it perfect, y'all. It was about us growing a dependency before the Lord. Yeah. It wasn't about doing it right. We did not <coughs> do it perfect. We crossed boundaries. We asked the Lord for forgiveness. We readjusted. That's dating for you. Yeah. You overprocess something. Ugh, that sucked. I'm so sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. You readjust. Kiss for a little too long. Oh, crap. Super sorry. Let's let Johnny and Mel know. Let's walk this out. Let's clean up this mess." It was a constant moving towards the Lord, readjusting, asking questions. It was an open conversation. If you're not talking about the Lord right now about your sexuality and your emotions, you're not going to talk to him when you start dating or getting married. What you, what you sow now, you reap later. So if you're not honoring yourself now, and you're violating yourself now, you're going to do that in a relationship. That's just life. Yeah, it's just life. One of the most profound things you can do is make a mistake and repent. The most profound thing is not having an ideal relationship. There's nothing profound about that. There's nothing special about that. There's nothing kingdom about that. There's nothing human about that. The most profound, humble thing you can do is make a mistake, repent, and walk away. Walk away from the sin, right? I mean, think about it. Jesus literally walks into this scenario where a harlot, which is a prostitute, was just having sex with a man in his tent. And the people grab the prostitute and they're like, we're going to stone this girl. And Jesus walks on it, walks in on this situation. So she was just sleeping with the dude, right? So we're all tracking. This is a real scenario from the Bible. What, what happens? What? They want, a stone. they want a stoner. And then what happens after that? Jesus draws a line in the sand, maybe. We don't know what he draws in the sand. Well,
1: yeah.
0: He could have written all their sins in the sand.
2: Yeah. He's without, unless I have the wrong story.
0: No, no, you're right. Oh. Keep talking.
2: He who's without sin cast the first
0: stone. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then they all drop their stone and they walk away. I, I want to know what Jesus did in the sand that day. I, I, want, I want to know the Jesus that walks in on a prostitute and defends her. I want to be that kind of person, don't you? Jesus didn't say, you should have done this perfect. He did this profound thing of defending her. He gave her justice. And then he said, leave this behind you. Move forward. Don't sin anymore. I wonder what it would be like if you let that kind of Jesus come and talk to you after doing something stupid. After looking at pornography, after being unkind to a friend, I wonder what it would be like if you started letting that Jesus come to you. What would he do? What would you do? I don't want any answers. I want you to think. You all came here to meet that side of God, didn't you? The kind of God that kneels down and picks you up and says, you are free to move forward now. Can you imagine Jesus in the flesh doing that? Whatever your struggle is, can you imagine him picking you up and saying, you are free to move forward Wanna help you? That's really different than than the God in our heads, isn't it? The God in our head slaps us around, calls us an idiot, says, do better next time, right? Anyone ever heard that God in your head? Yeah? Toads. Do you know that submitting to the Lord? and asking for your boundaries actually protects you and keeps that voice out of your parameter, keeps you out of your boundaries. When there's boundaries, that voice has to stay outside. So then if you mess up, you get back in your boundaries, and the Lord gets to be the loudest voice. Isn't that cool? Are you guys inspired? Are you curious? Are you unashamed? Whose parents ever told them what I just told you? Cool. So this is what something I want to teach you. Okay, look at me in the eyes. I'm really sorry that your parents couldn't tell you this. I'm really sorry. But you know what is amazing, is what really counts, is when you actually learn it, what you do after that. What you do after you actually learn something is what counts. So in this moment, what I'm opening up to you guys is an opportunity to try something different. Do you hear what I'm saying? You have the opportunity to try something different. You know what? I didn't know that. Now I do. What am I going to do about it? Do you hear me? What counts in this moment is you taking this inspiration and saying, I really want to try this with the Holy Spirit. I really want to be a person that thinks about boundaries. I really want to be a person who doesn't have to fool around with their boyfriend or girlfriend to figure out if I like them or not. I really want to be a person that listens to the Holy Spirit and makes boundaries. I want to be the person that accidentally violates my boundary and then gets back in and repents. I want to be that kind of person. Yeah? Good. We unashamed? Take a deep breath. Look at me in the eyes. You're a powerful person. You get to decide. You're a powerful person. You get to decide. You are powerful. You get to decide. You're powerful. You get to decide. You're powerful. You get to decide. You're powerful. You get to decide. This is your choice. You are an adult. And you know what's so cool about your age range? I know it's really easy for you in your mind to think, crap, I've ruined my life. Is it easy to go there? Yeah. Do you want to know what's brilliant about your age group? Is that it's not. It's not too late. You're not 55 and needing to figure out how to do emotional boundaries with God. You're in your 20s. You're in your 20s. This is when you get to decide what kind of person you're going to be your whole life. This is not when you make mistakes that set set you up for a crap life. This is when you get to decide what kind of person you're going to be. This is when, men, you get to decide that you are going to be men that love the Lord, that protect your inner sanctuary, that you don't need pornography or addiction to comfort you. Women, this is when you get to decide that you don't need addiction or pornography to comfort you. This is when you get to decide to care for your soul. This is when you get to decide to stand up, say, I'm powerful, I have a choice. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is when you get to decide. This is not what determines everything. This is when you get to make a choice. This is when you get to make a life. This is when you get to look at how your parents did and think, now those three things, amazing. I'm going to take those into the next 50 years. And those five things, not so amazing. I'm not going to bring those into the next 50, 40 years. Yeah? This is when you get to decide. This is an exciting time of life. Do you know that when I turned 30, which, you know when people ask you, do you feel different on your birthday? And you're like, no, I don't feel different. Why do you ask that? Who decided to ask that? What a dumb question, right? (laughs) Do you know that when I, this is the first time ever, When I turned 30, I felt heaven applauding me. Because I made amazing choices and they weren't perfect, but the Holy Spirit stood beside me for a decade. I felt heaven applauding me when I lifted my son out of the crib, when I loved my spouse. When I pressed through how hard and beautiful marriage is, I felt heaven applaud me because I did win. And it wasn't because I knew exactly what to do in my 20s. It's because I kept him close. I kept him close and I felt the reward of that. Life is full of reward, people. Life isn't fair. It sucks that some of you have gone through the trauma that you've gone through. It sucks, people. But you know who understands that more than anyone? It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they are determined to get justice for you. They are determined to get justice for you. Will you let them? Because how you let them is by opening your life up. That's how you get justice. You hear what I'm saying? We want you to win the war, peeps. want you to win take deep breath <sighs> okay everyone shake it out shake 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 your shoulders good are you inspired yes. are you unachained? Yes. good so we're going to ask the Holy Spirit two questions now look at me look at me you are going to journal the voice of the Lord. This is what I want to charge you to do. I want to charge you to ask him for something simple. We're going to ask him two questions. Don't write them down yet. I want you to stay with me. Okay. Don't write these down yet. Stay with me. I want you to ask Holy Spirit, what's one limit in this season you want to help me see? Okay. Okay. Um, I'd encourage you. This is our first time trying, so maybe not do like the deepest, darkest, most intense thing that's going to make you feel like this. Okay, let's just start simple. The Holy Spirit loves starting simple. He's determined to build trust with us. We're always like, get to the nitty gritty, and the Holy Spirit's like, you don't even trust me. Could we just start on the surface and then go down? Yeah. So let's just let's let's start simple. Yeah. That deep breath simple. He wants to start simple with you so he can show you that you're really not that complicated to him. He's been like walking with people in their 20s for thousands of years. You're not that mysterious to him. okay? One of my most favorite things, and most people that I've walked with really deep like Rosemary, or Morgan, or Allie, or Erica. One thing that I told them, Rosemary, what did I tell you over and over again for years? I told her she was normal! We, I, I, I've like walked with most of our girls on staff, and the thing I told them more than anything is like, hey, you're totally normal. This is not a new thing. And some of them would be like... Thank you so much.
3: And some of you are like, I am not normal. I am significant. I'm
0: like, no, that's not what I'm saying. You are special and significant. But your struggles are not this new struggle. I've been in this school for like 12 years and I haven't seen a new struggle come on the land. Did you know that? Your struggle... It's not that cool. You know what is cool? You guys know why you think I'm cool. Why do you guys think I'm so cool? Come on, someone confess it. Why do you think I'm cool?
2: You're real. Because
0: I'm real. Because I'm confident. Because I have an interesting way of explaining things. Because I've taken my own set of trauma and pain and sifted it through the filter of Jesus. That's why you think I'm cool. It is. That is the most interesting thing about me. My trauma isn't. What I've done with the trauma is the most interesting thing about me. Do you get it? That's what's gonna. That's what you get to bring into eternity. Do you understand? <clears throat> so we're gonna ask them for any symbol. What's one limit in this season that you want to help me see? And then what's a boundary I can put in place to protect this limit? Yeah. So we're just gonna ask them, We're not gonna get weird.
1: <laughs>
0: Everyone look at me and say, "I'm not gonna get weird." <laughs> All of my Enneagrams and the emotional triad, please don't dive down into the depths of the sea so I cannot get you, yeah? You guys are like, she talked about the
1: Enneagram. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: I did, I love the Enneagram, it's really helped me a lot. It's not a cool trend, it's really helped me and Jake. So that's why I talk about the Enneagram, because it's really set me and Jake free. It's helped our marriage so much. So that's why I talked about it, because I like it. So you're going to ask the Lord, what's a limit? And what's a boundary? I'm going to give you 15 minutes to do it. Look at me. If you don't get a clear answer, this is not the only time you can ask the Lord. Does everyone understand? Look at me. You are not going to get weird if you don't get a complete, perfect answer in 15 minutes. You're going to take a deep breath and say, we can talk about this anytime. Yes? Yes. Everyone look at me. Can we all agree to the expectation? I expect you not to get weird. Can you agree to that expectation? Say yes out loud, Jack. Okay, thank you. Good. (laughs) Okay, good. So maybe... John, can you put on some inspiring music? <laughs> okay, I'm going to pray, and then you're going to write down these two questions in your journal, and then you're going to journal the answer because the Lord wants to talk to you. Yes? Okay, Holy Spirit, we don't want to get weird. We really just want to be a good friend. And so I ask that the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit would come and rest on each one of these 35 students. Father, I thank you that you want to talk to us about our boundaries and our limits. And it's your kindness that leads us to them. So we just commit these next 15 minutes to listening. We want to be great listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. OK, let me just clear this off. Let me get you a nice, clean surface thank you. for your very clean skits. I'm going to put my computer right there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you context for each scene. And then they're just going to do it. And then I'm going to ask you questions. And we're going to laugh hysterically. And some of us are going to cringe. And some of are going to be like, oh, God, that's me. I, you just, you're, I am that person. And instead of going into a shame storm, what are your other options? Think about something more interesting. <laughs> Those are our art values. Okay, what's another option? That's a great option. Instead of going into a shame storm, what are some of your other options? Get inspired. I would like to change that. I would like to not be that anymore. Yeah? Everyone good? There are other options than the very uncool shame. Okay? All right, so first get. This is Bono. And this is Anna. Bono and Anna, they're just, you know, your classic, great 18-inch journey phase one students. They just got their lunch. They're sitting down at a table, just relaxing, And
3: scene. Oh, gosh, this meal is delicious. I love everything that Martha makes. I
4: know. I don't think I've ever eaten this well in my life. Right. My goodness.
3: Yeah. Hey, what do you think about this session today?
4: Man. I I am blown away. Yeah. I don't know if I ever thought the Lord could be this good yeah. in my life.
3: I know. I I loved what Johnny said about cadence and the stories from yes. when he was a boy. Yes,
4: me too. Mm-hmm. Man. Man, I loved those stories. Yeah. I can't wait to be a dad one day.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in
4: some ways I, I, I think I'm kind of like Johnny. Really? I, <laughs> I, I just, um, like I just see myself calling my son something really powerful like yeah.
3: that. Yeah <laughs> it's a good name. What,
4: what do you want to call your children one day?
1: <laughs>
3: you know I really like nature names yeah. like river wow. or birch. Wow. Stop so. <laughs> really,
0: really cool. so! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Great. So so let's talk about the pucker factor. All of you are like no. Okay, so what did you find interesting about their conversation? Birch, <laughs> what did you find interesting about their dynamics in conversation? He, I know some of you are like, what was wrong you. with that conversation? So
2: <clears throat> Johnny, being a voice in the environment, someone that the students look up to, mm. he compared himself to Johnny <laughs> and put himself in that same space. <laughs> I like Johnny, and then also went into <clears throat> a very beautiful but um, emotionally affectionate topic of children one day, and then invited yeah. conversation.
4: <clears throat> Is this what you're asking? I love it. Oh, I, I just, <laughs> so you're, so you're like, you're like, like yeah,
0: <laughs> done this before. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why that was an interesting topic of conversation. Why did anybody feel uncomfortable? (laughs) All of our staff's like, yes, yes, Justina. (laughs) Yeah. Let's uh, tell, tell me why you felt uncomfortable. It's okay if you don't know. It's intimate. Yeah. Really intimate. Why? Yeah, good, good thought, good thought. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a connection builder, but I see what you're trying to say. It's like reaching out for a connection that doesn't really match their trust level yeah. or even how much they know each other. Yeah. Let me tell you this. It's really important to ask the Lord what's sacred. Because for you to know the name of like my future children you're going to need to know me really well. When I was single, that probably wasn't a great thing for me to share with my significant other. Okay? Because the Lord was like, let's keep this sacred. Let's keep this protected. Why would this be a topic of conversation with someone that doesn't really know you? Why are you talking about these things? Yeah? Yeah? So one question on there is, what's sacred? You need to be asking the Lord that. Because really, what John, Bono is divulging, he's divulging a dream to someone that hasn't built trust with him, to, or that earns it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What are you hearing me say, Anik?
4: sacred topics for you and not
0: go
1: there.
0: Yeah, totally. So you need to know what's sacred to you, not go there. What else are you guys hearing me say? Everyone's like, I don't know what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? What am I saying, Danny?
4: The dreams that God has given you in your heart are a big deal. Yes. And they're not just for you. Yes.
0: (laughs) Very good. You hear what I'm saying? So it's not just about children. It's about actually what's really special to me that actually someone has to earn to know. That's not a weird thing. That's a healthy thing. There are things that you guys will never know about my life because we don't have time to build that kind of trust. And there are things that are part of my testimony that the Lord's closed. And the Lord says... This is your testimony, and you're free to give it to whoever you feel inspired to give it to. Every season of your life, you need to ask the Lord, what's sacred? You hear what I'm saying? All right, you ready for another skit? Yeah. Everyone okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> All right, so we have, a, we have a new character in this skit. His name's Slade. Slade. Oh. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, here's the scene. It is um, after workouts, everyone just worked out, took a shower. Now they're headed up to the farmhouse. Slade and Bono are on their way to get some food. So is Anna. That's the scene.
1: Dude, that
4: workout. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, hey I <laughs> How are you doing?
3: Um, I'm all right. Yeah. Are, are right.
1: you sure?
3: I mean, I, I I don't really know. I I don't know. I'm not sure. Man.
4: Yeah. What's going on?
3: I I mean, uh, it's not it's not a big deal. No. It's not really, a big deal. Really, <laughs> really. What's going on? <laughs> I just. <laughs> I feel really overwhelmed.
4: Oh. Yeah. I, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. What, what's overwhelming you right now?
3: Well, um, I'm just hitting some walls with my family. Mm. I've and been there. they just don't understand what the 18 inch journey is. Uh, totally. And they I'm just like if I tell them that I want to do phase 2, I know they're not going to hear me. Man. Yeah.
4: I know that feeling.
3: Yeah.
1: I,
4: if I'm honest, I've I've also been I've been thinking about doing phase 2 myself. Really? I, is that something you're
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, considering it, wow. Yeah.
4: Wow, that, that'd be that'd be special if we were Yeah.
1: Back back
0: oh. in the room together. Okay. All right. That was very special. All you guys were like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Let's talk about what wasn't working in that conversation. Everything. All right, raise your hand to talk. Talk to me.
3: Um, she should have exercised some self-control not to, like, <laughs> be
0: super emotional in front of two boys. She mm-hmm. should have just... Gone to her one-on-one. She could friend. have. Let's not use, let's not say should. She she let's could've. say could, because there's options, right? right. Mm-hmm. Let's not do should have talk. Let's say we could do. Yeah? She could have. Yeah, she could have. What could she have done? Tell me again. She could have gone to her one-on-one. She could have gone to a friend. She could have gone to another girl leader on the farm. Yeah, those were good coulds. Okay? What else wasn't working in the conversation? Let's. I want to hear from Kara for a minute. Yes.
1: Slade left the conversation, so I was like, just the two of them. and it was like getting Mm
0: intimate. So tell tell me a little more. What about Slade? I don't know. He just
1: kind of was there, and then he was gone. He was there,
0: and then he was gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell me some. Yeah. Talk to me. Tell me more.
2: I About to say what Nate just said that Bono was <laughs> busting Slade out. Yeah, he didn't invite him into the
4: conversation.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, Bono had some um ulterior motives. <laughs> what else? Let's keep talking. Yeah, tell me, Hunter. I
4: don't know exactly how I would say it, said,
2: but yeah. Slade didn't <clears throat> hold his friend accountable yeah. to yeah. how they to a standard that they should be. Totally. Yeah. Um, Instead of like confronting him and maybe mm-hmm. concluding some of that conversation that yeah. was being had, he kind of just snuck away and totally. like, let it cultivate
3: what it was cultivating.
0: Totally, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> what
3: else? Like when Hannah started going at it, instead of being like, Okay, hold up, rewind, yeah. he just kinda like kept digging deeper. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. He was in pursuit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What wasn't working? I mean, I know everyone's saying Slave
3: kind of left, but Bono made it really hard for him to start No, like,
0: totally. Bono is like, know, I'm non-verbally letting you know to get out of here. Yeah? Yes? They started talking about the
4: future, like, in a way of like, that, that's not
2: where
0: they're at. Or they're yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> <they're
0: dreaming> about. <laughs> yeah, totally. Tell me more. I wanna hear from someone that hasn't talked yet. Jamima's like, what should else should we say? <laughs> <laughs> Jemima, what do you think? I don't
1: know what else has been said yet.
0: Tell me what you think, even if it's a repeat. hmm yeah, talking about the future was Yeah, totally. like
3: it
0: was like planning. Yeah. Totally. Mhm. Yeah. Jesse just shouted something. <laughs> what were they non-verbally saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you see how close Jono was to Hannah? I mean, Bono to Hannah. Yeah, that's interesting. There's like, it, was, it might not even have been like that Jono or Bono even knew what he was doing. But there was a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Right? Like, you, some, sometimes you don't even realize how close you are standing <laughs> to someone, talking to them. Yeah? Any other thoughts?
2: Yeah. Uh, I kinda felt like Anna was emotionally baiting.
0: Yeah, Yeah, totally.
2: Like. Oh, I want to feel pursued
4: and known and
0: connected and so I'm just
1: gonna like leave this little trail.
0: You totally know what that's like, don't you?
1: (laughs) She was totally thinking!
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about that for a minute. So does everyone see that? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about how sometimes that's how relationships can start. I really need someone to understand me. It's really different. And I'm really dreaming about feeling adored and understood about another person. There's a difference between the manipulation that comes with, like, I need someone now. I know that we talk a lot about lust being in this like, real physical respect, but lust is so much more than in sexuality. I need someone right now, and I'm going to do whatever I need to get the attention I need, is lust. Do you understand? It's not just pornography or masturbation or making out or crossing boundaries with your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's so much more than that. Do you hear what I'm saying? This, like, pool, like, I need someone right now, whatever, is, is lust. We can do it with food. I want cake now. <laughs> Yeah, you can. Lust can be like super simple like that, or super deep and damaging. You hear what I'm saying? So there has to be like a cultivation of Anna just being like, I am actually really overwhelmed by my family dynamics. And actually, my family dynamics are pretty toxic. And I really do deserve to be seen and heard and supported. Anna deserved that, but instead of her standing up in her value, she reached for the closest thing that could just make it feel okay. That could be a band-aid. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Yes. What were some other options that Anna could have done? I want to hear some more people tell me. What's some other options, Jack?
4: Um, gone to the lawyer, talk through with him.
0: Yeah totally. I remember this moment when I was 23, 20, no, 21, and I was driving in the car and I just remember um, I like really had feelings for this guy. It wasn't Jake. (laughs) Jake and I weren't dating. We were just friends then. I really had feelings for this guy. He was super cool. And I just remember driving in the car and feeling pretty frustrated with my feelings. I was just like, I don't want to like this guy. This is stupid. And I just remember having this thought. And I know that it was the Holy Spirit who inspired this thought, which was, you know, I'm by myself in the car. I'm just going to talk out loud to the Lord about this. And I remember just being like, Lord, I really like this guy. I love how gentle he is. I love the way he talks. I think it's really cool the way that we connect. I really like our friendship. And I just listed off all these things that I really enjoyed about this person. And I felt the presence of the Lord coming into that car so strong, y'all. And it wasn't because I was going to marry this guy. It was because the Lord was excited about me opening a part of myself up that I had avoided opening up to him. The Spirit of the Lord responded to, oh my gosh, she's letting me in. She wants me to hear this. She's not hiding from me anymore. That moment marked me so deeply. And I had a realization that God actually gave a flip about these little minute things in my life. And it inspired me to keep pressing in to honesty with the Lord and not hiding. You hear what I'm saying? There's an invitation for you guys to actually just start opening up simplicity. Because you know that conversation when I was 21 about my feelings towards someone else led to me actually being able to talk about my sexuality with the Lord. Led to me being able to steward my sexuality with the Lord led to me being able to make powerful choices. But I had to start somewhere. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah? yeah? All right. Let's do another skit. Sound good? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So that's our last skit. So this, let's give you guys different names, like Tommy and Jennifer. <laughs> Tommy and Jennifer. Okay, so... Here's the scene. Tommy and Jennifer, their families have been connected since they were really young. They're super good friends. They have no feelings for each other. Super regular relationship. They would say, oh, she's my bro. She's my sis. There's not feelings there. Yeah? She's my my bro, he's my sis. (laughs) I've been talking for a long time. OK, so you guys understand? They're just friends. There's an understanding that nothing's going to happen here, yeah? OK, so they, um, the setting is, is that their families, since they were like 7 or 8, have taken a long weekend to just go and get away and just be together, because their families have grown up together. And so this is the first morning of that weekend, their morning conversation,
3: yeah? Okay, here we go. Oh, morning, Tommy. Oh,
2: good morning, Jennifer.
3: Hey, can you make me a cup of coffee?
2: I'd be happy to.
3: Oh, thank you. How'd you sleep? Oh, I slept great. Yeah, how about you?
2: Great. Um, yeah, really solid. What time did you get in last
3: night? Um, I got here around nine, nine or so, yeah. It's not too bad. Not too bad at all. Oh,
2: uh, how's the end of the semester been for you?
3: You know what? It's been good. It was It was stressful, but... I think I aced my biology exam. For
2: real? Yeah. Dude, you were so stressed about that. I was. There
3: you go. Thank you. That's awesome. How was the end of the semester for you? Brutal. Okay, sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: Marine biology is uh, it's a hard, hard field to study, but yes. I passed all my exams. Way to I think go. I'm gonna rock this last semester. That's right. Graduate in the spring. So, so awesome. I'm stoked. Good. But speaking of spring. I heard you got this internship. You My were
3: dream about. internship. I did. Yep. SeaWorld. SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be working with Chanel.
2: Are you in San Diego or down in
1: Florida?
3: Down in Florida. Dude, really excited. That's awesome. Thanks. Way to go. Yeah. It's going to be great. Here, let me make you some coffee. Oh, oh thank you. you Man, that's so good. Yeah. Hey, I heard about you and Sally. I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's over it it really sucks yeah but
3: it's a bummer I mean I've been thinking about you and just praying for you and I'm sorry that happened it's disappointing
2: thanks Jennifer it, uh, Yeah. it really is disappointing yeah but what can you do yeah
3: so uh, what happened exactly
2: <laughs> honestly I don't really want to get into it oh, um, okay okay I appreciate you yeah. asking, but it, it's still super fresh and I, I don't really want to go there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, Tommy. We've been friends our whole life. You can tell me, you can trust me.
2: Okay, but it, it has to stay between us.
3: Totally. Cool. Totally. Um, yeah.
2: Dude, Sally totally cheated on me with Brad.
3: Are you serious? How did you find out?
2: I mean, I don't actually know, but, like, I know. Yeah,
3: totally. Like that guy <laughs> you know.
2: but, So I haven't talked to anybody about it, but now that I am... Yeah. I need, I need this. Like, I need you. Yeah. Can we, we sit
3: down? Let's, yeah, let's keep talking. Thanks. <laughs>
0: Oh man, man. classic, I need you. All right, I want everyone to take a breath. I want you to just think about what you just saw. One of those favorite things was watching all of y'all's faces, because y'all were like. I loved it. Lily was like, it's amazing. Alright, now I know that there I want you to take a minute, I just want you to think. There's obvious, but I want you to also just reflect. What's happening here? This could be with a friendship, a same sex friendship, two guys, two girls. What's happening? What isn't working? I know that you know something.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um,
3: she, like, pushed his boundary. Like, he said no at first, and she kind of just kept, like, going
0: yeah. after it, even though. Yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I think that they have different expectations of yeah.
0: their relationship. Okay, yeah, you know, totally. Can you tell me a little more about that?
4: Yeah, I think that uh, I don't remember the name.
0: Well, this is Tommy, and that's Jennifer. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so Tommy would, would have it like on a friendship. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: just not too deep.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and Jennifer would much more go into a deep relationship. Yeah. And that could maybe lead to something more. Mhm. Uh, and Tommy wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Totally. He wasn't interested in that. Yeah. Totally. So just pushed
0: him. To totally. Get, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes? You're yeah, like creating codependency by exclusive sharing. Mm-hmm.
3: And there's no actual solution mm-hmm. because there's not leadership. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Codependent's a pretty strong word. But I hear what you're saying. What's another way of saying codependent? <clears throat> um, Like reliant? Yeah. Yeah. Or even just to like, Cade's hurting and he really does need to feel heard. Yeah? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Jennifer has been his friend and she would like to understand what happened. There are different options. Right? So that's an option. What's another option? Did you have your hand up?
2: Yeah, but I can answer
0: the question. Sure, you can respond to either one.
2: Uh, Well, I think a good option <clears throat> because Tommy set the boundary and said, Hey, I don't want to talk about this yeah. right now. A good option, maybe he could have communicated, like, I don't want to talk about this right now just because it's really emotionally fresh. Yeah. Really charged. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to tell you about it.
1: You know, once I've been able to process, Yeah. can get some more resolve?
0: Totally. He said he hadn't talked to anybody. So maybe I literally haven't talked to anybody, and you can't be the first person I talk to. That could have been an option. What are some other options? Quiet crew, you guys seeing Tai Tai? Hey, face two. What are some other options? <clears throat> yeah, Presto.
4: He could plan out an
1: appropriate version that he's sharing with the opposite
0: sex. Yeah. And that could be shared in even like my family setting like Yeah. Family. Totally. Yeah. Is it working that Cade mm-hmm. hasn't literally told anyone that he broke up with his girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine one of your good friends breaking up with a girlfriend and them having like no reason or any communication? Would that be confusing for you? That's confusing. If one of my friends broke up with their, with their significant other, I'd be like, What's going on? Have you chatted with anybody? There are a lot of options here. Yeah? What are some other options? What are other options, Lily? <laughs> You're blank. That's okay. Think a little longer, and I'll come back to you. Perfect. Yes. Uh, Jennifer could have just suggested that he to listen with to somebody. Totally. Yeah. Like, whoa, wait! You haven't talked to anybody. Maybe you should go chat with another dude. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going on. Jennifer's not the enemy in this scenario. Mm-hmm. They're friends. Mm-hmm. He has said nothing. She's not the devil. She'd be like, whoa, I am so sorry. I didn't realize. We don't have to chat about this. An option? Any other options? Yeah, what's your option?
2: Uh, I didn't... In, in this situation, it could have been like um, the, the breakup immediately happens and um, he slays Tommy. Tommy. Just maybe sends a quick text to a, a male leader friend yeah. and says, hey, I broke up with somebody. Can you just be praying for me while I process through this with the Lord? Yeah,
0: totally. Um,
2: and so that didn't have to. End up in this scenario. Yeah,
0: that's a great option. Do you guys think that's a good option? Yeah.
2: I feel like Jennifer in the situation could have avoided using their trust as a way to try to get more information. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what Jennifer could have said? She could have said, I really understand it's fresh. I do feel a little confused. And a lot of people were asking me questions. What would you like me to do? That's an option. Yeah.
2: Versus like the, come on, you can trust me. Yeah, you know.
0: totally. Like, actually, I, I feel pretty confused. Both of y'all are close and none of y'all are talking. Like, is there any other information? Like, I'm confused. That's, that's a possibility. Yeah? Any other thoughts? Y'all are like, totally, yeah. Get me lunch. Yes.
3: Um, I guess Tommy Pitt could have, like, valued his own um, boundaries more, mm-hmm. enough to, like, protect them even. Yeah. Because it's one thing to have them, and then it's another thing to protect them challenge.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Do you, wasn't it interesting that Tommy was like, she cheated on me. She's like, how'd you find out? Well, I didn't, but I just know. <laughs> right? Isn't that interesting? What happened there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you guys know that when you're in pain, you do stupid stuff? And do you know that boundaries are there to actually serve you when you're in pain? Cade literally just essentially lied to his friend. He doesn't know that she cheated. There's a suspicion. But Cade's in pain. Or excuse me, Tommy. Tommy, Cade's not in pain. Tommy's in pain. Tommy's in pain. And you do stupid crap, like lie to your friends when you're in pain. Do you know that boundaries actually protect you in any season? Joy, pain, really normal... That's what boundaries are for. If you don't have boundaries in your normal life and then tragedy hits, that's gonna be super tough. That's not the time when you reach for boundaries. You hear what I'm saying? Tough seasons of life aren't when you reach for boundaries. You practice boundaries in every season of your life and then they serve you in every season of your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Good. Anyone have any questions? Questions? Good. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going to close. Sound good? Yes. Okay. Let's all hold on our hands. I want, to, I want you guys to lift your head to heaven. Holy Spirit, we thank you for inspiring us. We thank you for opening up questions in our minds and hearts. We thank you for the gift of being unashamed. And we look at you, Holy Spirit, and we say, we want to do this with you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would inspire us, fill us with inspiration. I ask that you would fill us with understanding. Father, for those of us that that don't even know where to start building trust, I ask for ideas. Holy Spirit, I ask for beautiful ideas of where to begin building trust. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I want you to imagine the Father again smiling at you. Eyes closed. I want you to imagine the Father smiling at you. Proud. He's proud of you. He's delighting in you. He's close to you. I want you to see Him and hear Him say, I want to do this with you. I want to do this with you. I want to help you. Do you see the light in his eyes? He wants to help you. Take another deep breath. Good, okay, now look at me. Good. He wants to help you and we want to help you. So if you guys have questions, if y'all want to process this more, that's what your one-on-one leader's for. That's what your, your hour a week is for. If you want to press in, y'all should press in with conversation, into a conversation with the Lord, even about what's a boundary and what's a limit. It's a practice. It's not something that you perfect immediately. It's something you practice, right? Yes? All right.